Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to another episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the Dom to my Brian. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, that's the most vehicularly appropriate comparison you can make. Yeah, I think you. I just think you always put family first, you know? And uh, Kevin, you can have any beer you want in the fridge, as long as it's a Corona. And then uh, <laughs> our very own Vince. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Don't watch Fast and the Furious. Cannonball Run, one or two. Take your pick. Uh, <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit, one and two. Take your pick. Not three. Uh, Hell no, Kevin. <laughs> is there's a Smokey and the Bandit three. Just there kidding. Is. I don't want I no Richard okay. Petty as much as I can take. <laughs> so the uh, it's it's been a big week because since we last joined the fans on the CSNS podcast, training camp is open. We've done our first four days of training camp. Three last week, one today, and it's uh, it's finally time next this Thursday is our first preseason game, correct? And then I don't think there's any weekends without football between now and the Super Bowl. Or maybe this is the last weekend without football until the Super Bowl. Uh, Hall of Fame game, right? Yeah, it's there's one there's one this week, I think. And yeah. Then, and then it's just all football all the time. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're all so desperate. We are analyzing training <laughs> camp film. Um, I mean, I have an article open called Observations. From, there, there's no A in it. So that's, I mean, that's, you, you got to get to the story first. No a and team, Nate. Oh, wait. Uh, okay, let's, <laughs> let's start with some, uh, let's start with some Seahawks uh, news. Let's go with the, just the general news. Um, Bobby Wagner. So the NFL 100s come out. Uh, we had Lockett was first. He was 98th, 97th. Yeah. Uh, today, just today, Russell Wilson was revealed to be 25th. Okay. Uh, and then Bobby Wagner is now clinched up for top 20. Keekley was 24th, so that means that NFL players agree. Bobby Wagner's better than Luke Keekley. So NFL players also have been watching NFL games because it's on. I mean, unless Bobby Wagner's just not in the top 100, which would be quite the, the shocker. Bold, bold Very move. bold. Because we haven't seen the top 20 yet. So on top of being, you know, clinched for top 20, Bobby also clinched for the highest average per year linebacker of all time. This guy loves the number 54. Three years, $18 million a year, $54 million, uh, 40, $41 million guaranteed. So... Is that correct, Kevin? 41? Uh, uh, 40. 40. 40, okay. Uh, and then, I mean, oh, there's some sign-on. Or am I getting Mosley's deal mixed up with it? I don't know. I kept looking at his deal and Mosley's deal back and forth, and so, now the numbers are running together. So, either way, the the most of it's guaranteed. Um, what I think this is kind of a win-win contract. The Seahawks get the services of the best line uh, inside linebacker in football for three more years. Bobby has a chance now to become a free agent at age 32. If he performs as well as he has lately on this contract, he's probably going to secure one more good three-year deal, lengthening him out to like six giant years. Um, it's kind of a win-win. Win for the Seahawks, win for Bobby. He avoided the 5% agent fee, which I guess he really wanted to do. Or not 5%. It's like it's capped at 2% in the NFL, correct, for agents? I, anyway, it doesn't matter. He avoided it. And uh, <laughs> Richard Sherman like instantly – adding pro football talk he was like oh look he represented himself you don't have something to say about that like he just wanted to get an argument with pro football talk about <laughs> about florio about that that's, that's a very rigid that's a really dick sherm thing to do um so there are some guys who i think can represent themselves and other guys who it's a really bad idea for them to do that russell uh, coon two things yeah two things about that real quick number one i love that bobby's deal is an extension like a true extension so we have him on roster till 2022 so we have him for four more years Four more. Um, Four total years, yeah. And then the Bobby's line talking about his ability to represent himself. I love uh, when they asked him if it would get kind of awkward or contentious because he has to hear the negatives of giving him a contract and everything. He's like, people tell you that you're trash on Twitter every day. It couldn't have been worse than Twitter. I mean, what do they have negative? What do they have negative to say about Bobby himself? Really, uh, in those negotiations, you're talking about the position, right? Yeah. You're just saying like, "Hey, inside linebackers in the league, they only make this," you know. And then Bobby's going to counterpoint with like, "Hey, but compared to all other inside linebackers, I do X, Y, Z, and that's why I should be the most." And they said, "We agree." <laughs> I mean, I just didn't think it was that hard. I'm surprised the length of the contract is a little shorter than I expected. Um, and I think that that is smart by Bobby in another way, too. Um, NBA players have been doing this. The cap goes up every year. And if you lock yourself into a super long deal in year six, you might not be happy with how much you're making because the cap keeps going up. So Bobby might see that on the horizon and see that the cap is going up. I might want a different contract sooner than most other guys. 
the other thing is it avoids the Seahawks concern about doing these ultra long deals. It, it really does uh, match both groups' needs. That it's it's a strong contract. Well, you're not going to guarantee that much money at much more than three extra years. I mean, that's a lot of money in guarantees. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have given it more than like ten more million in guarantees to go out a bunch more years. So maybe maybe that's another reason. He wanted to get out of there quicker. All right. Yeah, you'd have to be incompetent as a front office like New York. Oh. The other big story, Kevin, you you uh, you saw this one on Twitter and we're just enamored with it. So oh, you're talking about Pete Carroll? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that'd be uh, Pete Carroll pulling up for his interview with Brock and Sock on a Razor scooter. And when asked why, uh, he said the Seahawks have them all over the building because you're either competing or you're not. Yeah. Always compete, man, even when you're on a Razor scooter. Uncle Pete's the best. Get there quick. That's what he's saying. <laughs> don't don't dawdle. All Bember Curve and Marquise Blair off the pup list. That's good yeah. news. Yeah, they they trimmed out the pup list. But beefy boys are not riding yet. I'm, I'm still waiting. Uh, my, good thing to know, so boy. little clarity on Phil Haynes. Uh, Pete Carroll said that he got his knee cleaned up in just kind of a simple procedure and so he's probably just a couple weeks out. He just has to show that he can handle it. Demarcus Christmas is getting the full uh, secret IR. He because he because oh he, yeah, they're preparing a, him for the full season. Publicity. He has back back thing. He has a he has a back thing. They got to keep an eye on it. It's one of those things you just got to keep an eye on. Okay, so let's talk a little. Camp. His back thing is not being ready to go back on the football <laughs> field. Don't ask me any more about it. I can't reveal what doesn't exist. Let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about. Uh, our favorite camp stories. So we all kind of dug up some camp stories. Some we're keeping track of different positions. Um, and I'll go first. Uh, the my thing. Okay, I've been keeping track of just kind of what's going on with this defense. I think this defense has a lot of very interesting pieces. And I was and I've been thinking, you know, okay, uh, what's going on with this? Then first day of training camp, they interview Jaron Reed after practice. They post the video on on YouTube. The video says. Interview with Seahawks defensive end Jaron Reed and instantly conspiracy Nate goes into overdrive. I can't help it. It's just who I am. I'm like, why would they say he's a defensive end? Jaron Reed's never been a defensive end. When would Jaron Reed play a defensive end? What would the Seahawks be doing where he's a defensive end? And I thought, wait, we have all these awesome linebackers on our roster. They want to figure out a way to get more of these guys on the field. Is there a chance that the Seahawks bring more three, four looks this year or more of those uh, like Leo looks with a standing guy than, than the four, three looks. And the more I thought about it, the more I think that that might actually work pretty good. Um, is Ziggy Ansa would work pretty good on the inside or the outside of three, four or four, three, uh, LJ would be great in that situation. Uh, Puna Ford as a nose, I think is a, is definitely a, a possibility. Rasheem Green, um, uh, Al Woods and Rasheem Green would work good in the situation. Nas Jones as a, as a three, four defensive end. And, you know, they don't have like a true perfect nose guy. Puna and, and Al Woods sharing that role is going to be, not the best you could do, but I think it could work. And the the thing that would make it really good is all these linebackers you get to have on the field at once, you know. And some of these rush guys on the edge that you throw out there, Shaquem Griffin, Jacob Martin, Barkevius Mingo, those guys are really going to get after the quarterback standing up in a in a three four. So I I think that there's a chance that you see some some three four, some three three oh with an over safety um, looks this year, and really see these guys get after the quarterback. I don't think it was just a typo. I think there was like a it was like a clue. One like a Pete draft clue, you know? Something that really doesn't matter that I'm reading way too much into. The Pete like the Pete Carroll draft clues. <laughs> uh, that's that's exactly what this is like. Um, but yeah, how they use all these defensive pieces uh, creatively is how is going to determine how good this defense is because individually they have one guy who is supernaturally talented, another two or three guys who I think are very pretty good. And then after that, it's a lot of guys who are kind of question marks. And how Pete decides to use these guys to their biggest strengths is going to determine how good the defense is. So I'm really excited to see if they get creative, change the front a little bit, make it look a little different, try to get like Bobby Wagner and Cody Barton on the field at the same time, stuff like that. Cody Barton had the uh, the the epic the interception that everyone won't shut up about uh, in practice. Yeah, uh, it was it, very athletic. It play. was very good. Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to bash it. That was an awesome play. Uh, it showed why he was the second round pick or but, third round pick. Sorry. But it should also be noted they were in short pants. So yeah. like, let's, uh, let's, let's all chill. It's been, uh, it's been warm out, Kevin. But can you imagine like Cody, Bobby, KJ, and like Jacob Martin, like as a, as the three forward linebackers. That's pretty sweet. Uh, also should be noted. Michael Kendricks has experience playing inside linebacker in Philly. Yeah. And he's also played strong side linebacker. So he has that versatility for the team. Yeah. Kendricks is good too. And yeah, it's just that there's just a lot of, uh, 
flexibility that the team can do. They and I think mixing up your fronts is a nice way to in 2019 to I say in 2019 a lot, but that in this in this era of NFL in a football, 2018 world, <laughs> mixing up your fronts is 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 a way to to fool the defense. And with us before, well, the way we fooled the defense was by having Earl Thomas our offense. We we tricked the offense by having Earl Thomas because with Earl Thomas, what you do is you line up single high and you do whatever you want, and then Earl Thomas can read and react to the play from basically anywhere on the field because he's insanely fast insanely good at diagnosing the play and insanely good at executing so because of those three things that was how we that's how we tricked them now we can't do that we need to control the middle of the field in a different way and so maybe more linebackers or maybe three safeties or you know how they decide to do that is is going to be something i'm very interested to watch uh there's also something called like a three four over or a four three over underlook, which basically involves rotating a linebacker out to the line which is really interesting when you listen to a lot of the offseason talk about developing Barkevis Mingo and Jacob Martin as a pass rusher. So if you're looking at using them as a strong side linebacker in a three-point stance, so it's like a quasi 4-3 yeah. or 3-4. You will see the uh, Steelers see them, run that a lot. I could see them standing, standing those guys up, just, just having them rush off the end. Standing. I can also see him having Ezekiel Ansa uh, standing up, and you basically have like a five linebacker situation. Because mm-hmm. having Ziggy Ansa drop into coverage as kind of a trick is something you could definitely do. We have some kind of long athletic guys. It's, it could be interesting. I mean, this is all really cool that we're thinking this uh, before you have we start. Down linemen. I mean, we we were all kind of like licking our chops at this. How likely do you think it is? Pete is really smart, but Pete is also very much like here's what we do. Come get us. The we don't Seahawks, have Earl anymore, but we have but, to get a little more creative. I think the reason that he did that, though, was because of the talent that he had. He said, this is our defense. Come try to beat it. And I just don't know if we have that level of talent anymore. And the single high safety concept at the time was a gimmick. It was just a gimmick that we could pull off based on the dudes that we had. Yeah. When you have an Earl Thomas, you can do something when other have, teams can't. When you have Richard Sherman, who could, can t- take half the field and just take it out of play because he's just blanketing one dude that makes it a lot easier to to do that too you know there's just there's just different thing it's just a different team you know i don't think that these guys are are bad but they're just not earl thomas and richard sherman at their peak right those guys are hall of famers well and it should be noted with the changes last year we saw way more stunting along the defensive line we are one of the teams that did the most defensive line stunts in the nfl last season um we saw some very effective blitzing from both kendricks and bobby wagner so we're seeing more blitzes. We're seeing more stunts along the line. So maybe whereas last time it was uh, innovating and iterating with the defensive backs, this time around maybe they're spotting the ability to do that and build around it in the front seven. So they've shown the ability to be flexible and to create a system that works with their talent before. It's just they were able to marry themselves to that system for a long time. Maybe it's this is the time that they're coming up with that new system. Right. Well, this... Uh... I guess this leads into what I'm pretty, I don't know if I'm excited about, but I'm looking at camp very closely, and that's our safety situation, our cornerbacks as well. Um, well we started with, uh, what, Tedrick and Brad on the first day of camp, Yeah, and they believe. And they've played, like, most of the first team starting safety snaps, I mean, yeah. Tedrick and Brad. Uh, we still got a, <laughs> this is so weird for me to say, Leno Hill, uh, formerly uh, Delano Hill. Yeah, but he's on the pup. So yeah, like, he's on the pup. But I mean, last year how he played, you you, ex- I expect him to be in the running for starter, especially um, if there's that box safety concept yeah. you're just talking about running a three safety. Absolutely, because he played basically weak side linebacker for a while. One, if we're not, we're certainly not going to be playing cover one this year. I would be really shocked to see us roll that out more than five times on a gimmick. Um, you've also got Marquise Blair that's been playing safety so far. Uh, you haven't seen him. Uh, I'm sorry. Wait, is he still playing at all? Yeah, he came off he the came, pub. He came off the pub. He played and for like he's one played, day. He's played a little, but he hasn't really been getting snaps in like full team. Yeah, he's not like full go yet. Yeah, it's they're, been mostly uh, Shalom Luani, Brad McDougal, Tedrick Thompson, Ugo Amadi. Ugo Amadi's yeah, been Ugo, getting some looks. And then Shed safety. got Shed got looked at looks at safety. Ugo today, has uh, not today. gotten looks at uh, at the nickel spot. Like not you know, not, kind at, of not at first, but he's getting more as camp goes on. So I just I don't know if that they were short on safeties day one and they decided. We're not going to use him. We're going to, or we're going to need him to play safety. And then they signed Shed, and we're like, okay, let, now we can go back to having you try nickel. I'm not sure 100 percent 
Or maybe they just want to see what he looks like at both. You On know? the first day of camp, he's young. I mean, obviously, you're going to have a plan going into the season. But first day of camp, just roll guys out there. See what happens. They, especially if you played safety before. It's not like, you know, hey, this is new to you. Just go what you're used to. We'll, we'll ease you into the nickel package. Uh, from there, of course, you know, we have Shaq Griffin and Trey Flowers at our corner spots. It'll be interesting to see those guys take a step this year, hopefully. Uh, Shaq Griffin, I'm more so looking at because Trey Flowers, for some reason, I trust a little more. You guys can tell me I'm crazy for that. Um, I don't know. Shaq Griffin just kind of devastatingly disappointed me last year. And so I'm really looking at him to see what is going to be Shaq Griffin's year this year. So far, Tedrick has really, and kind of from the stories I've read in Preston Camp, he's looked really good. I'm also excited to see Tedrick continue to develop and hopefully become that starting caliber free safety that we really need him to be. Um, Last year, I would say he was like borderline starting caliber and then this year it'd be nice to see him take that jump up just the next level to a solid starter um, brad's brad i'm not worried about brad especially now that he's fully healthy um and then yeah the other guys is it's, it's really how's it going to shake out is, can chat griffin make the leap he's still so young he's still so talented can he make the jump to being that number one corner that we thought he could be or is he just stuck at you know as, as kind of a bang average left cornerback i think that he can make the jump i think he will make the jump this well, is a good year for we him. expect uh, young guys to take jumps and Tedrick thompson i expect to take that next step you talk about bradley mcdougal being 100 healthy i'd like to keep him 100 healthy i don't really know if brad has the safety body to keep it going year after year he might be a guy that you have to roll out and I don't know. I don't want to say spare him, but maybe don't give him as many snaps. Don't play him in the preseason games. Yeah. Just, just like keep him kind of hidden. Yeah, and it's if you can go out there and rotate your safeties, I think that's much better for Brad. Yeah, and we want to take a look at a lot of defensive backs, so that might not be a bad thing either. He's been in the system for a while. He's a pretty sure thing. Uh, Trey Flowers is interesting to me because when you saw him against teams that have basically a weaker number two offering, uh, Carolina and San Francisco were his two best coverage games last year. Those are teams that didn't exactly have great number two receivers. And in other games, he looked outmatched. In general, he looked better as the season went on. But what we saw from him was what basically like a Deshaun Shedd type guy. Couldn't really make plays on the ball necessarily. Had a little trouble keeping up with speed. But he always made the tackle after the ball was caught. And he can do a lot of uh, strong run coverage. And a guy who makes you think that he will get better. That's what I always thought of Shed. But this is a young secondary. Like Shaq's twenty four, Tedrick's twenty four, Trey is twenty four, uh, Ugo Amadi is twenty two. Uh, you know these guys are just young, young. Even young. Brad's like twenty eight or twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. And so you just look at these guys and you think, you know, there there's got to be untapped potential here. These guys all have room to grow. And, and I see you have it, a- could, it could go from something that is. A weakness to, to something people see as a weakness or perceive as a weakness to being a strength in, in just like that. And you brought up uh, on the computer, you had Akeem King, which is a guy I always forget about. Uh, that guy could be playing nickel for us at times. So yeah, I think he can. The thing I like about Akeem King is he can back up pretty much every secondary spot, and I feel pretty comfortable with it. Outside corner, nickel corner, and safety. Like he just he does it all. I wouldn't feel comfortable if he had to start at one of those positions for the whole year. But as far as like super superb backups go, I'm you I'm want him healthy it. though, so you can loop him in anywhere you need him, right? Oh, exactly for a game or two. You just want right. to you just want to keep him keep him in the mix. You probably want to give him some snaps every game to rest other dudes because he's good enough to handle it. So you just use him, at, you know, twenty five percent of defensive snaps, something like that, and then hope. And if someone gets hurt, you can loop him in more. Uh, yeah. Um, Amadi had a great like uh, pick six style thing. Uh, yeah, he had the, the play of the practice uh, the day after Barton had his big interception. Carson uh, Carson uh, couldn't handle a screen, and then it went to Amadi, who made a good play on the ball and just ran it, ran away with it. Uh, yeah, that's that's basically all I have. Um, oh, the backups are bad. Lynch and pa- Paxton Lynch and Geno Smith, we're in trouble. Yeah. The defense is working those guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in in this Kevin. And this is a time where that's not necessarily great and you know, uh it also is making it a little harder to evaluate some of the receiver talent yeah. because they're trying to make catches against decent defensive backs. That's my big observation is kind of twofold around the uh wide receiver group. The first bit is there's a lot of question marks here. Right now we have Tyler Lockett plus dudes. 
And the question is, what do those dudes add up into? I think there's a very telling and interesting dialogue between Pete Carroll and... I really like to call Schottenheimer shoddy two times because in every clip <laughs> he says the same thing twice when he's on the field. He's going to get the so, papers. Get the papers. That's exactly it. So shoddy two times is mentioning how he felt like he really could have used Brown a little differently, um, both when they watched film of last year, but also looking at him in practice. And I, I'm i not going to say I did a deep dive. I did a medium dive on... Uh, uh, Jaron Brown, and I think what ended up happening with him last year was he basically had a bad game against Denver and then kind of got hidden away for a big chunk of the rest of the year. But when you look at him on the season, uh, he was really, really effective in the, uh, especially the mid-level passing game, like in like the 5 to 15-yard reception, which is a all, place that uh, all 14, Russell Wilson loves to use. All 14 of those catches. I mean, that's the thing. Is You're right. They 14 just, on 8 of 18, which is pretty solid efficiency, yeah. and five touchdowns. But it's just like, it's just weird. Like, they openly have openly admitted, and in this training camp, you've heard it again, they did not feel like they used Jaron Brown correctly last year. They felt like they misused him. And maybe that maybe that's part of it is, like you said, they need to use him in different parts of the field or whatever. He's already, or just use him more. He's already hit on one big long pass uh, this this uh, training camp. So has uh, David Moore. So that's good. He's connecting long on some of those guys. I know DK's had a pretty tough camp so far. Um, dropped a pass that led to an interception. Uh, Tedrick got the interception. And he also uh, has, has had trouble connecting long with – with Russ and Russ does this thing that's funny. Whenever he has a long pass that doesn't connect with the dude, he stops what they're doing and they run the they have him run it again and he he throws it to, so he completes it. And he says it's because he it's like when you're playing basketball and you want to make that last shot or you want to get it right. So yeah, yeah. I also loved his line about like you don't want to be in the game and you're doing the same route that you missed in practice and your first thought is and Russell Wilson almost cursed. <gasps> <laughs> well, you say you know, you don't want to be looking for the ball, and you're like, "Oh man, that's that's the one that I missed," which makes a lot of sense. I mean, you don't want to be, you don't want the the throw to be in a player's head. Do you know who's been a wide receiver bright spot that I wasn't expecting to be ready this soon? Is uh, Jennings. Yes, Jennings has Greg looked, Jennings, Jennings has, has looked, looked really good has looked inside really and solid. out, and they've been using him in, like you said in different spots in the slot and then outside. And I thought I think Jennings is is someone who one he's definitely making the team at this point, and bar you know barring a complete collapse, he looks really solid. And two, it it just looks like a flexible, versatile piece that when you throw him out there, the other team's not going to be able to know exactly where he's lining up in the field. That's a that's a real good thing to have in the modern NFL. Yeah. Keenan Reynolds has also been called out a couple of times, uh, both as a receiver, but I think he brings a ton of value as a guy who could do special teams. We were excited for, to see what Jennings would do when he, we drafted him. And I love then, Jennings. Of course, Doug Baldwin, uh, RIP, but going back to Jaron Brown, I would really like to see him maybe run is Tyler Lockett jr. I feel like he can do what Tyler does at a much smaller level. Instead of just running him out on the ed- edge, just, See what you can do across the field. Give him in uh, more open space, I guess, uh, not so much routes, but to see what he can do behind the linebackers. Something I'd really like to see if, you know, this is the guy that we want who can be an actual number two for us. Yeah, because eight out of his 14 catches and eight out of his 18 targets came uh, in 10 yards or under. Yeah. Which is an inter- which was an interesting usage pattern for a guy who one of his strengths is, and this entire wide receiver core is really interesting because it's a lot of like height, weight, speed guys. Yeah, like Malik, Moore and Brown. They're Mal- people who Malik Turner stretch the field. Malik Turner's a dude who's he's really tall and he's getting catches in these training camp practices from Wilson. So I don't know. It's you. I, I, I'm ready to. Amar ex- Darbo Shireen. I'm ready to expect the unexpected a little <laughs> this is bit. Shocking. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, Because I mean, Malik Turner's been really looking good to me in camp so far. Uh, Gary Jennings. Um, I know the team really loves Jazz Ferguson, but that's a practice squad guy all the way. Yeah, that's just just raw, raw as raw gets. He'll be one of those guys who makes a couple of big Terry- catches in the preseason, and then people are like, he should be on the. No, he shouldn't. Terry Wright too hasn't looked hasn't looked too bad. Yeah, um, Terry Wright's been getting a lot of praise, but. Yeah. We'll see what that is. We'll see when the game starts. All right. um, I can't wait to see some actual Any other Seahawks-related... I know, these training camps, like, you can only get so much out of them. It's not like watching... Well, they were just able to put on pads, what, today? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yesterday, something like that? Yeah. Not yesterday. They... 
I hope. Well, maybe they put them on yesterday for funsies. For just to see, make sure they fit. Yeah, exactly. At home. <laughs> okay, uh, now take them off. You see that they put Bo Scarborough as a fullback on the depth chart. I would love if they kept Bo Scarborough as a fullback. You know why? Because he's not an actual fullback. Yep. Um, that would be that would be perfect for me. Yeah. The more I look through it, you know who one of our worst special teams players were last year? The fullback. Trey Madden. Yeah. The yeah. fullbacks were not good. Oh, okay. Uh, Ch- Travis Homer. Is someone I wanted to talk about really quick. Um, they drafted this guy to replace uh, Mike Davis, and I think he is pushing J.D. McKissick for that third down back job. He's looked really good. He's had a couple great runs in training camp. He catches the ball well. He blocks exceptionally well for a rookie running back. Um, not like Zeke Elliott level, you know, where we talked about how Zeke was like a polished blocker coming out, but he's good. He's a good blocker already, and he's only in year one. Probably better than Penny. Uh, if I'm uh, Rashad honest. Penny actually an above average NFL pass blocker last year. Yeah. Uh, by numbers, which is really good. Yes. Uh, the thing Hom- is, Homer is, is I think Homer is uh he's he's got a guy you gotta get on the field, right? I think Travis Homer's an interesting guy because that makes both JD McKissick and CJ Procise much more expendable. Though honestly, CJ Procise's lack of ability to stay on the field makes him much more expendable. Uh, he already got hurt again. Well no, he missed a practice because he has the flu. So his lungs got hurt. <laughs> Wasn't it flu like <laughs> symptoms? That's, that just seems he like... He come out to practice and done his Jordan game. That seems like, to me, like, flu-like symptoms means, like, you got the yips, you know? Like, you're just... <laughs> he coughed up his patellar tendon. At this point, you're just, like, not confident you can even run on your graham cracker Like, he got anymore. food poisoning from drinking beef broth or something. Dude, I, <laughs> I wish CJ Procise all the best, but at this point, you can't count on him for anything. I, I'm almost afraid to take him into the season on the main roster, you know, just because, like, how often is it going to be a moderately healthy scratch? Yeah, you know one thing I thought, like, CJ Procise would be really good at coming out of college that he would be really good at it if he could stay healthy. Catching like, the ball out of the backfield. Special or, teams. <laughs> yep. He was the gunner for, for Notre Dame, and he, like, returned punts. Like, that guy was a Converted le- defensive back, legitimate yeah. special teamer. He and just could kill people on special teams. And, man, if he, if we could get him back just for kickoffs and punts, I would be into it. You know, I'd be totally into that. But it just doesn't seem like it, it just doesn't seem like it's ever going to happen for him. It's like a – it was all a dream. What could have been? What could have been? CJ Procise. You know what's going to happen is uh, someone's going to give him that surgery they gave Wolverine, and, and his bones will be made of metal, and then he'll be so good. That's true. Adamantium, he'll be really, Nathan. He'll be really slow because it's heavy. Um, all right. Any other uh, camp stories you guys want to go over, or you want to roll into uh, a couple NFL stories? Someone's in the best shape of their life. Okay. Uh, somebody Anna, else looks like a real leader out there. NFL <laughs> stories. Yeah, Sean Jed looks like a real leader out there. That's People what, really like one. David Moore's last name. All right. <laughs> Leonard posted uh, for the giant from Giants camp. So far, we've had a Saquon MVP chant, a fan chewing out Alec Ogletree for not staying with Saquon Barkley in a one-on-one drill, and some kids yelling, we want Daniel after Eli's first pass goes incomplete. Should be a fun year. Hashtag Giants. Sounds about right. I mean, that sounds like Giants football. Uh, Kevin, anything on that one? Uh... AJ Green tore uh, yeah. AJ Green tore his uh his ankle ligaments in his ankle. He'll be sidelined for six to eight weeks. That sucks. Uh really quickly, weird story about that. People keep talking about the field conditions when they talk about the AJ Green injury. Yeah. Uh, his injury occurred when someone fell on him. So unless the field fell on him, those are not related. Kevin, I saw that too. Um one of his teammates was like, This field is trash. I was like, But but I that's not what I I read that it doesn't matter. Buccaneers coach Mark Bruce Arians uh, continued to prove he's totally an asshole. He said, if I die on game day, have a drink, he says. Celebrate. You got it. Um, I will be celebrating because you don't you don't have any care for player safety or anything. And then the last thing I want to talk about, uh, guys arriving at training camp. What's your favorite training camp entrance? Was it Antonio Brown's hot air balloon? Was it Jalen uh, Ramsey, might in, be the Jalen bra- Ramsey <laughs> in the Brinks truck? <laughs> Especially because Jalen Ramsey couldn't properly operate the back doors of the Brinks trucks and had trouble getting it open. Dude, you got to practice that. If you're going to roll in there like that, you can't then not open I the Brinks I heard about Jalen Ramsey. I did not hear about Antonio Brown. That's, uh, that is a little ridiculous. Uh, so... The Not all the An- pale in comparison Anthony, to uh, what's his uh, Allen An- uh, riding off into the sunset. Fullback Anthony Sherman of the Chiefs arrived in a NASCAR. Um, and then Who? Dustin it doesn't matter, dude. He arrived in a NASCAR. Like yeah, it does matter. You should Anthony Sherman. Then the specialists arrived 
in like so Dustin Colquitt and all the kickers and punters and the long snapper they arrived in like a like an ATV. Okay, I'm really happy about that. <laughs> That's a that was at a that was at um, Chiefs Chiefs camp. They should have arrived in like a SWAT van because they're specialists. Uh, Nothing's better t- than Willie Mays Hayes. Did you see the car Tariq Cohen <laughs> rolled up in? Royce Kelly. It was a dune buggy. It was like a slingshot. Yeah, it was, it was freaking crazy, dude. Uh, yeah, Tariq Cohen, pretty cool. Um, I don't know, just everyone. I, I'm into it like on all levels. I love this. Like, it's so stupid. They know it's stupid. They're just having fun with it. Like, look at this. Look at this uh, vehicle Tariq Cohen came in in though. <laughs> just like Gross. rolling up on the sidewalk. That's great. Uh, okay, so I yeah. think I saw that in the last Batman movie. Yeah, so there's just a lot of <laughs> a lot of kind of silliness, goofiness, uh, and I'm 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 here for it. I'm all about it. I'm definitely good with the not taking it seriously. All right, last week we promised that we get to our like NFL playoff teams, our NFL awards predictions, and our kind of our our couple bold predictions for you guys. So here we go. Let's go into our uh, our NFL team playoffs. Let's start with the AFC. Eric, who are your six AFC playoff teams? Who do you who do you who do you got? Oh, I don't want to look at my records. Chiefs, Chiefs in the West. Patriots, Patriots in the East. Colts, Colts in the South. In the North, uh, I have to look at my list. Um, uh, oh crap! I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Ravens. I'll, how about this? I'll give you a minute to to, to pull it up on your I remember phone. earlier when I said, "Yeah, I'm ready. Just don't pick me first. Oh, and I okay. That up. Okay. It, oh, you got it already? No, I probably don't. Uh, let's right, go Texans. Okay, Texans. No, I'm, I'm almost done. I just Texans. I'm I'm missing every single team in the AFC North except for the Bengals. Who else? the Browns, yeah, the Bengals, Steelers, 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 Baltimore, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Uh, He's and, picking Cincinnati for the Super Bowl. No, <laughs> I I still have the Steelers. Okay, those are my six teams. All right, so you went Steelers, Ravens, Colts, Texans, Patriots, Chiefs. Chiefs. No Chargers. Interesting. You got it. You know this. We talked about this weeks ago. Okay. All right, we Ke- talk about this every Kevin, year. Who do you, who you got in the AFC? Uh, AFC division champs. I have the Clippers, uh, the Patriots, the Colts, and I have a really close three way race. Uh, I have Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Cleveland all within a game of each other. But I'm going to go with Cleveland. I think they benefit from a slightly easier schedule. And I think they benefit from a team that's a little more cohesive. Uh, My two teams coming in for the wild card spots are Houston and Kansas City. All right. I've got... um, All right. I'm going to go ahead and just get a lot of stuff out here then. Because I got Chargers at one, Colts at two. I got... Uh, Patriots at three, Ravens at four, and then my five is the Chiefs, and my six is the Titans. And then I have the Titans. Really? I have. I'm gonna. I'm gonna get on on some Brian corners. Tannehill, believer, huh? Texans six and ten. Bill O'Brien sucks, and I think this is the year they finally get him fired. Uh, I'm just gonna go with that. Um, Rude. I don't like the Texans. I'd be pretty at, happy about at that. All. I um, think that I think New Hopkins plus I. Uh, Plus their quarterback is is just that's enough to kind of get a couple extra wins. Sure, they were fine last year, but there's got to be new playoff teams, and so I I'm gotta put them somewhere. Yeah. Uh, then. Oh, you didn't pick Cleveland, did you? No, not at all. Then I'm, then yes, we didn't pick the same new playoff teams. Cle- Cleveland Cleveland seven and nine. I don't not a huge, not a huge Browns fan. I think there's there's talent there, but it's gonna take time for it to come together and. The, there was a, an article I read last week that talk, was about uh, top tier quarter, top tier wide receivers when they move from one team to another. They don't really have a good first season, so I'm not expect my expectations for Odell Beckham are are tempered. Um, uh, I'm a big Baker Mayfield believer. I also think there's a really strong chance that Baltimore could front run and then a quarterback injury derails them, based on usage. I'm just really into this idea that like Jim Harbaugh is going to try to revolutionize offense in the AFC. But you know what? To be honest with you, I don't like any team in that division. I have the Ravens winning the division at nine and seven, and the Steelers are eight and eight. And the yeah, Browns I have them all at nine and seven and ten and six. So we're in pretty similar there. I'm not, I'm not. I would be surprised if a team in that division gets eleven wins. That would be stunning to me. I'm not a huge fan of any of them. Um, all right, NFC. I got. I'll go first. We'll go reverse order. I got Saints one, Rams two, Eagles three. Bears four, Buccaneers five, Falcons six, um, and then I have I have a bunch of teams at nine and seven and ten and six: Vikings, Buccaneers, Falcons, Cowboys, Seahawks, and you know it's just only two of these teams are going to make it, and 
Um, I want my my bold prediction. I'm going to do this right now. I'm ready for this, Kevin. Yep. The Lions don't suck. They're eight and eight. There you go. Everyone just wants. Well, to sh- a everyone lot of people are going high on the Lions. Everyone just wants to the shit Lions on the Lions. Seven and nine. Everyone wants to shit on the Lions. They have like a, their win loss total is like six. I think their Vegas win loss. I'm over. I like. I don't mind the Lions. Oh, it was five and a half. That's an e- that's everyone. Over. Everyone last year was like, oh, the Lions. Uh, the Lions. They. Uh, they told their coach they totally lost the team. Two guys took less money to play for the Lions this year. I don't think they he, they lost anyone. I think they he did just just fine. They just weren't that good last year. They had they were missing pieces. This year they they made some great not great. They made some good signings. They have depth at defensive positions now. They don't totally suck. Yeah, I just think that their defensive backfield is still a bit is a glaring weakness. Mm-hmm. So I have them at seven and nine because I don't have them able to do anything about teams that can pass well. All right, Kevin, what are your six playoff teams? All right, so I have New Orleans as my number one seed. I have the Rams as my number two seed. My number three seed is the Chicago Bears. Uh, my number four seed is Philadelphia, and then I also have a bunch of teams at. Uh, ten and six or nine and seven, uh, Minnesota, Green Bay, Atlanta, Tampa Bay, Dallas, and Seattle. And of those, I have Seattle and Atlanta making it out. Boo, Green Bay. By the way, I put them at. I have them at seven and nine. I'm like getting on this corner early. Aaron Rodgers is overrated. Did you guys see that article I posted on Twitter? Yeah, yes. but it's Bucky Brooks's analysis. So Bucky we'll Brooks, take that with a grain of salt. Take it with a big grain of salt. But I was just like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. Aaron Rodgers is overrated. Finally, someone agrees with me. We just me. want to notify Bucky that, he's, uh, that he, he clearly came to that corner second. Yeah, just want to know that's that's my corner that you're on now. That Aaron Rodgers is overrated corner. I just don't. I you're kind of convincing the... the podcast, and that's fun. Go ahead. I mean, he's not likable. That's for sure. Uh, we'll go Rams. We've got Bears, Saints, Cowboys, Seahawks, Panthers. In about that order. Yeah, the only reason I went Eagles over Cowboys is because I think the Eagles schedule is slightly easier. Some reason I'm having trouble believing the Eagles. I think I, guys, I don't think I like Carson Wentz. I don't like Carson Wentz at all. They're just they have a pretty easy. They have a lot of talent. They're pretty soft schedule, and they have a really good defense. They have a really good skill position set too. Um, I also think that Dallas could have some stumbles at the beginning of the year. Uh, There's a lot of extra drama with people not getting deals done yet. And I think the offensive side of the ball, there's some huge question marks. Their defense has really come around, though. Yeah, and it's for me, it was a it was a coin flip between Eagles and Cowboys. I'll tell you what, if you want to coin flip Eagles Panthers, I'm down with that because I'm not really sold on the Panthers. Uh, I'm at seven and nine. All right, you guys want me? I want to. I like it. I want another hot take though. Buccaneers. This team will either be really overperforming or really underperforming. There is no room for mediocrity. I would be shocked if they were seven and nine bullshit. Like they, their offense is either going to be amazing and Arians is going to help them turn the corner, or they're just going to be a dumpster fire. Arians had Arizona at eight and eight with what Mike Stanton and there's no way Jameis Winston is worse than that. Right, then that and Blaine Gabbert. There's no way that he's worse than Gabbert time. I think the the mediocrity level is is very low for the Buccaneers. And Crableg McGregor's going to get a little bit of gaming in this year all right let's do it super bowl picks kevin hit us first what's your super bowl all right so my super bowl i have a feeling is going to be pretty popular yeah i have have a pretty i have a very chalky super bowl as well i have the colts over over the chargers to make it in from the afc Uh and i have let me double check this i have and it's probably the exact same one that both of you guys have actually and i have the saints over the eagles oh those are the exact to make it in from oh, wait. the I, nfc i have the exact same results with the exact same four teams <laughs> and then i have the saints over the colts in the super bowl oh, see i just had colts over saints that's the only difference okay but <laughs> but I, I i i just think that this is a it's kind of the uh, the the end of the Andrew Luck redemption storyline. Is this year right? He just comes back. He last year he he kind of grows in strength as the year goes on. The Colts have another daggers draft, just another really good draft, and then they, it all kind of comes together. Their division. I is, feel like that's next year. I feel like the Colts will actually be better next season than this season. I, I feel like the opposite's that. true of New Orleans. I think this is the apex of that of this New Orleans core. I agree with that. I also don't have the Chargers, so I have the Chiefs. We all have the same three teams. My fourth team is Chargers out, Chiefs in, Chiefs over Colts, because the Colts are not going to make the Super Bowl this year. 
I think Big Andy I think Reed's your guys Super Bowl is believer. Uh, well, hey, he's got to find some way to blow it at See, a higher Kansas level. City at New, uh, at New against New Orleans. Yeah. Ooh, and, and Saints are going to win it all. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, one more thing. I don't think the Bills suck. I'm just going to get out. I'm going to get out here on this corner early. Uh, how much do you think they don't suck? Because I'm at six and ten. I have eight and eight. I don't know. Here's my, <laughs> if I thought the Jets sucked more, I would have the Bills at a stronger record. I'll put that. I'll put it that way. Here's my thing about the Bills, and I think it's pretty simple. I think a lot of people are going to gr- agree with me. When they had the white helmet with the red buffalo just standing there, I was like, "What the hell are you doing? Go back to the red helmets with the running buffalo." They did it. Now I want to go back to the white helmets. Case closed. Case closed. Case. Eric closed. Ronnebeck. Um. All right. Sweet. So any okay awards. Oh, MVP, uh, all that stuff. I got some odds here, <sighs> uh, sportsbook odds. But I let's... got some analysis too to help uh, to help fill time while Eric figures out what's going on. No, no, no. See, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I have like okay, MVP is a straight up quarterback award. Let's just start with that. I don't want to do two rookies so, for each conference. I just want to pick my favorite rookie for each conference, oh, no, and then I'll be total happy. Total offense so, and then defense. One offense. Yeah, one, one offense and defense. Uh, so, so for for MVP, um, for guys who are the the favorites, you know. Obviously, since I really like the Colts, Andrew Luck seven to one is is very appealing to me. But if you're looking for a long shot, a guy who can come out of nowhere and just like win this award out of nowhere, Jameis Winston hundred to one, I think is like really good odds. And there's a there's a chance I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the number one offense in football this year. So there you go. There's my uh, my long my long shot and my my kind of chalky pick. So my exact statement is uh, the MVP is known as the quarterback who throws a bunch of t- touchdowns and not a lot of interceptions for a Super Bowl team. So Yeah, for, a, for our actual contender. So to me, it's either Breeze or Luck, and I'm going to say that they'll probably give it to Breeze. As kind of a going away present? Yep. I also have Breeze because he's my Super Bowl pick, and I actually I really like Drew Breeze. Nothing against him. You should have signed him when you had the chance, Miami. Oh, man. Oh, uh, keep an eye on they would Mayfield. Have Nick if too. that offense does click. Uh, Baker Mayfield is going to get a lot odd, of love. The odds on Mayfield are like not appealing. Though. I bet it's they're like, not. It's like they 11 probably to 1. have them as much more likely than they should. All right, defensive player of the year, Kevin, hit All me right. with it. Uh, if you want to be a defensive player of the year in the NFL, you need to have lots of sacks for a winning team. I'm going with Joey Bosa as my most likely person. I think that this is the year he's healthy and jo- gets it done. Joey. Oh, I'm doing rookie of the year. Oh, you said you said defensive player. Oh, deep. We can do DPY POI first, and I I've, I was looking at the wrong page. So, defensive player of the year. Okay, go ahead. You got Joey Bosa, Eric. Who you got? Uh, I'm going. I'm going just a little little heartstrings. I'm going Frank Clark. I agree with Kevin. Lots of sacks for a winning team. You show me a little Frank Clark. Okay. It's I- it's not going to happen. But on this podcast, I want to pick it. Um, I'm gonna go with. So for sack, it's, it's Kevin's right. It's like usually the sack leader. It's hardly ever someone else. It's someone who's in the mix for the sack leader. Oh, uh, Fletcher Cox has an outside shot at this one too. Someone I like who's on a so. super dark horse, Jalen Smith for uh, Dallas. If they could put it together, I'm I'm gonna go with a guy whose team's definitely gonna make the playoffs, and he's gonna get just pick Aaron Donald. It's the it's the easy pick. If you want a long shot though, team that can make the playoffs. A uh, long shot guy, uh, Clay's Campbell, twenty-eight to one. I think Jaguars are going to be better than people think. Um, I have them at eight and eight. Oh, I also sucked out I think I also have them at eight and eight. I no, I'm nine and seven. All right, yeah, so they're all right. Okay, so what is we have offensive player of the year? This is the uh, the non quarterback can win this award. It's usually given Kinda. to it's usually given <laughs> to a running back that that has a a really good season, a really overperformance, or a wide receiver who who just goes. All out, and I'm gonna go first in this one. I'm gonna get on this corner early. Julio Jones. Uh, I think this is Julio Jones wow. has had some weird stuff where he doesn't get a lot of touchdowns for whatever reason. And just for me, I think that that kind of regression to the mean finally happens this year, and he busts out for the same amount of pat- catches and yards he always has, which is usually first in the league, and pairs it up with 11 or 12 touchdowns. And everyone's like, "Whoa, Julio Jones! <laughs> this is the dude." Uh, Kevin, who you got? Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. You just uh, I think Breeze is getting the MVP, and Luck will get the Offensive Player of the Year because it's like a leadership thing. They'll find it one of those like hokey ways to say it. So stupid. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's that's been, a very NFL thing to do. It's very Football Writers of America, <laughs> yes. Okay, uh, Kevin, or Eric? Uh, I don't I don't like playing this safe. I like having fun here. DeAndre Hopkins. All right. I like it. 
Uh, all right, defensive rookie of the year. So uh, as Kevin said before, the person who wins this award usually gets a lot of sacks. Um, I, I'm going to go with a guy who I think pushes a defense up a level, and that's Ed Oliver. Um, Ed Oliver coming inside with uh, six or seven sacks, pushes the Bills up, makes them their defense, uh, keeps them legitimate even with the loss of Kyle Williams. Um, Ed Oliver is my dude, Kevin. I am. I'll go last. I want to steal Kevin's. Where he gets to Darius Leonard for the Colts. Uh, Darius Leonard was not last a rookie, year's rookie of the year. Oh, what? So great oh, job picking no. the 2018 defensive rookie of the year. You oh, did it really well. No. Pick pick Josh Allen. Pick care. Josh I Allen. I like Ed Oliver too. Just pick go Josh Allen. Allen. All right. So the three players. <laughs> I just got. I got tunnel vision. Josh Allen's Taking a really Kevin's good pick. Love. Josh Allen's a really good pick. Pick Josh Allen. Hey, oh, I'm hey. going. I like Ed Oliver better. <laughs> I, Ed Oliver was my pick <laughs> until Kevin went full Colts, and then I was like, Google something about the Colts to piss Kevin off, and it didn't work. As usual. Yeah, well, you're about to take well, it. Well, guess uh, what? You're about to take it in the hind ding on this one, sir, because my three are Devin White from Tampa Bay, Jerry Tillery from the Clippers, and Andrew Luck from the Colts. Or Rocky Sin from the Colts. Oh, what? Because, you hated Rocky Sin when we were scouting him. Uh, I did not hate him. Did I thought I, he was getting overdrafted. I don't like good a Temple A Temple cornerback is. I think what he's you a said. good fit there. The big thing is um, defensive rookie of the year seems to be able to spread across all the different position groups. So what really is, is do you have good, uh, does your team do well? Do you have some good counting stats? Yeah, and do you get like two highlight reel plays? Good stats, and these are all sure. three players who could get good highlight reel plays. I especially like Devin White or Rocky Sin on this. You one. know who I don't like is Nick Bosa. Nope. A lot of people are jocking Nick Bosa super hard. Jock, I Notice how he didn't make my three. Almost every guy, like I'd rather have Devin Bush, Devin White, Ed Oliver. Hashtag not my Bosa. Jo- Josh Allen. I'd even have rather have Brian Burns or Rashawn Gary than than Nick Bosa for rookie of the year. Because he's not playing um, yet. All right, offensive rookie of the year. I think is a slam dunk, easy money. Just pick Kyler Murray. He's going to be electric in that offense. Uh, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. And if a quarterback performs at even like a reasonable level in year one, they almost always win this award. Uh, so. I expect Kyler Murray to be pretty decent, and you know that's that's all you need to do if you're a quarterback. He's only a plus one seventy five uh, favorite, so, so it's like pretty bad. If you want a, a dog, if you want someone you can go go deep on, Paris Campbell 25, 25 to one, I think is a pretty uh, pretty solid long shot. All right, uh, Eric, having fun, uh, Dwayne Haskins, <laughs> Washington. Yes. I just. I don't know, man. Everyone's going to pick Kyler Murray. Dwayne Has Haskins, is, it's the same thing. If Kyler, if Kyler Murray falls on his face and Dwayne Haskins performs even medium and he's a quarterback, just quarterbacks get so much leeway in this award for some reason. It's really weird. To also, for, I, some, for some reason, we know the reason. Oh, because quarterback's the most important. <laughs> I also, I can't root for Kyler Murray because he's in our division against the team I don't like. But Dwayne Haskins, I feel like that guy can just have a ton of... A ton of long balls and still come out 6-10. and 10. It'll be a great story for the Seahawks fan. All right, so the last 15 rookies of the year, seven quarterbacks, six running backs, two wide receivers. It's about one wide receiver every five years, which means we're due. Kevin, all right. DK Metcalf, Paris Campbell are the two wide receivers I like the most in offenses that could really use them as good weapons. And then the super dark horse, running back Miles Sanders for the Eagles. Wow. Who could be... In the Alvin Kamara role in that his, offense, his odds have changed so much since they first posted. So I actually have a bet on him at fifty to one for two, for two bucks, <laughs> and then he's already down to twenty to one. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh man. So so I should have put money on that earlier. When one I was thing. About one it. thing I was thinking about too, Kevin is uh, is tight ends, Hawkinson and Fant. Like both those guys are really good. If I trusted those offenses to um, use them the, well, exactly. Yeah. Den- it's Denver and and Jacksonville, right? It's like. No, it's Denver and the Lions. Uh, the Lions is not bad. But for the fans. Lions have a very bad history of using tight ends. Like, I realize it's different people, but at certain points, some position groups, I swear, are just cursed on certain teams. Yeah. Uh, I... So, two more quick ones I know you don't want to do. Uh, comeback player of the year, Jameis Winston. Yeah, that's a That's, that's a, really that's good a slam dunk in the <laughs> bucket. We'll just all like pick one. it for, for... I actually then... completely agree because I think he's due for a huge... Huge season. Uh, coach of the year. By the way, the favorite for comeback player of the year is Garoppolo. Boo. Wait, Le'Veon Gross. Bell? Le'Veon Bell's up there? Le'Veon Bell shouldn't get yeah, that. Le'Veon Bell didn't play last year. Wait, he deserves what, to play. What about, what about this one? The third favorite is Jason Witten. <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> the guy who couldn't wait to get out of Dallas, oh, who couldn't man. wait to get back that's into so, Dallas. That's, that's too much. so awesome. I love it so much. All right, coach of the year. Earl Thomas is a good one for that, too. Just, just so you know. Okay. Uh, so, um... 
what was it? I. Uh oh, Kevin. What, the what? last two years and four out of the last eight years, uh, it has been a first year coach with his team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, has been the coach of the year, and it's a team that turned it around. And it's a team that turned it around, so a team that made the playoffs. Uh, whichever of Freddie Kitchens or Matt Lafleur makes the playoffs, I think has the inside shot. But if it's none of them, I really like uh, Doug Peterson or Frank Reich. Oh, uh, especially I, Frank Reich, since he didn't get the honors last year. It's going to be really obvious who I'm going to pick. Who am I going to pick? I'm talking to pick yeah, Bruce, Bruce Arians. Arians. Bruce yeah. Arians, he's a jerk. He sucks. He was on my list I hate too. him. I just want to let you see him. Bruce Arians is, has a really good shot to win this award. I, uh, ass, he, he sucks. He's the worst. But do you know who should win this award every year for all for all of time? Bill Belichick. He should win it every year because he's, the, achievement he's award. the best coach. It's the same as the NBA. Pop should win every year. Yo, instead, they should just name it. it the Bill Belichick Award and get that's, it over with. They yeah, will, and like they will when he retires. They don't have to worry about it anymore. He, I mean, I, mean I don't a, like Bill Belichick, but he's, gag on but he's every good year. at his job. I'll be honest. I actually kind of like Bill I, Belichick because he's such a dick. Well, I respect him. Yeah. That's it'd different. It'd be nice if he wasn't in the NFL anymore. I'm going to go Jim Harbaugh. That guy's going to coach until he dies. Jim Harbaugh. If he can get that offense working. I just want him to break down film. We talked about this before. Uh, yeah, this guy's a... Uh, okay, so you're going to watch 82, 82 on the film. And you, you see, it's can't wait for that. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> oh, man. when The Belichick breakdowns on the Patriots website oh, yeah. are straight up porn <laughs> for football nerds. Yes. It's just like him... When he slightly so, raises his voice. Like, the best oh, is when the, when, when the host comes in and, he go, and he's like, okay, we're going to watch a kickoff kickoff return and you could see Belichick just like get all excited yes. I'm, like, I'm like oh my gosh this guy's such a dork it reminds me of the gif out there where the, the tubby guy's in the restaurant and he brings up the chicken tenders and he's like drums his fingers together oh yeah that's Bill Belichick every time we're gonna talk about football ooh football uh, alright so then um, let's uh, let's get to any, anything else that we need to do before we uh, head on no head on I think we're ready the for the for the Earth-shattering news. Big announcement. All right, big, so, big announcement. Uh, if you are a person who would love to help the Seahawks Nest podcast, there are many ways to do so. Big shouts to the people that are headed over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest, Forrest, James, Chuckatilla, Tom, Lucas, and Carrie. You guys um, and everyone else, you guys are really bringing it, um, helping us out, and um, keeping us going, keeping us from burning to death because you helped buy this air conditioner. <laughs> so thank you so much. Uh, and if you don't have any money, you can join the 69 other people who have rated the Seahawks Nest podcast nice. 5.0. Nice. That's right. And I'm going to read nice. a couple of these. Uh, Joshua, Joshua uh, says, agree with the majority of the opinions. Very underrated. All host center Tony takes great radio-like presence. Very easy to listen to. Uh, help you hit your review called wink, wink, cancer emoji. Which, um, if you don't know what the cancer emoji looks like, <laughs> look it up. Look it up. Look up the cancer emoji. And then uh, Bone Tail Slayer uh, says it's better than 90% of other NFL podcasts, moves at a great pace, and is entertaining. All I can really ask for. It's what we try to do. Um, so now we're 351 away from our next goal. Uh, you do the math. All right. Uh, you can also head over to uh, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you find your podcast. Give us a thumbs up, high five. Um, and also just, you know, if you have a friend who listens to podcasts and they like the Seahawks, tell, tell them about us. Um, we are now... a I've looked. We're third. We're charting third for Seahawks podcasts, and I'm really excited about it. So, the higher we get, the the um the higher the, we are. Ooh, is that true? Four twenty blaze uh, it. Okay, that? so that's spoiler. Um, that's for Brett. What is there was something else I was gonna say. And now yeah. you maybe forget it by talking about number. weed, I mean, uh, by by doing Brett four score twenty years ago. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't even know what to do with this information. Uh, okay, the um. There was like one more thing I want to talk about. Now you made me, you totally made me forget it. It's like so bad. It's like um my brain my brain just shut yeah. off when you went into Brett voice talking yeah. about marijuana and all I wanted to do was more Brett impressions. Well, uh, just, I'm sorry just, for interrupting. Well, you. Bernie Sanders was cool the first time. Now why isn't he cool the second time? I want to do <laughs> I want to do a callback to Nate Burleson, seventy yard touchdown pass, seventeen years ago. Love oh, you, Brett. Man, Brett Love you, Brett. The best. Uh, then then um the. <laughs> Whatever, I'm just gonna blow it off. Uh, head over to. What well, is, we're about to talk about a movie that's about family and Brett's family, so that's why. Okay, that's sure. why this ties in. So this week, this Reigns. week in theaters, coming to a theater near you, Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, you can you can hit Hobbs and Shaw. It's it's gonna be awesome. Uh, Idris Elba plays this literal. It's gonna superhero. be real dumb. Uh, I probably He's the dumbest Superman. Probably the, the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to see in my life, and I'm already so here for it. We're gonna talk about our I think universally favorite Fast and the Furious movie, which is. Fast Five. So, um, let's talk. Let's start. 
at the beginning of the movie. The movie opens up with, uh, like, it's, like, newsreel footage, and then Dominic Toretto is on a prison bus, and then uh, the crew breaks him out. And then they're, 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 so it starts off with like a bus break in. They flip the bus over. They drag him out. This it's is like, the heistiest of all of the fast movies. It's, it's, and it starts with a prison break, which is so heisty. It was known in many regions as Fast and Furious 5, Rio Heist. Just so you know. That's like the, the name of the movie. So then they, yeah, they escape to Rio and they join, uh, me and Brian and they, they're hiding with their old, their old pal Vince, who was always kind of a douche. And, uh, they discover and he continues to be a douche. They discover that you know. They, so then they get called into a job. They're stealing cars off a train. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do, and so yeah, don't they show up on horseback? So then me, no. I thought there they, was a horse riding segment of this one. Am no, just they, mistaking it? they they show up in the in these like dune buggies, and then oh, they shoot right. into the side of it and then open it up and then they have these three cars and then one of the cars they're like. They're like, no, uh, Mia gets to drive this one, and the guy gets all mad because they find out it's like a, it's like a DEA car that, um, that has like, or it's a car they don't want to get into the hands of the DEA because it has all the a little map of their drug drop locations. Yeah, it's got a microchip hidden in it. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, and, and but the ends up like the job goes kind of wrong, and they end up having to drive off a cliff, and then the, they drive off a cliff, and they jump off the top of the car <laughs> into the water, and I think... Makes that, sense. I think that that sets the tone for what you know you're in for with these movies, and that is just, it's over-the-top, silly action, um, banter between uh, characters that all seem to genuinely like each other, and it's just, a, they're like a good time. If, is this the first movie with Hobbs in it? Yes. Yeah, this introduces the character of Hobbs. Yeah. It's, uh, it's... And they bring back uh, Han from from Tokyo Drift, so they had to like shift the timeline to to adjust to get him back into the series, because you know he's like the best character in the series, and they killed him in the third movie. That was a mistake. So so they they had to adjust to to fit that in, and um yeah it's it's uh it's okay Eric. No, oh, it's finally you. Do you have you seen this movie? Let's start Absolutely with that. not. Okay, why don't you want to watch the Fast and the Furious? It's not movie? that I don't want to. It's just that I. I don't want to make the time, and you have not invited me over to do your <laughs> patented Nathan Santo. That you, I mean, now that you have a kid, it's it's harder, and your your job is very demanding. But you know, five six years ago, it was what? Oh, you gotta we gotta watch this movie. What are you doing? What are you doing tomorrow? Come on, watch this movie. It was. Yes. Uh, or remember we had movie club where well, we'd like we'd we're about movies. to watch this movie like right after this yeah. podcast ends. I, I'm I'm not a teacher. That's why I, I got to get up early. That's why I still haven't watched all of them too. Is believe me, I would love I've to. I've been listening to five years of Nathan promising we're all going to sit down and watch it. If I'm here next week, uh, heading back uh, from the island, which I should be, uh, we can we can watch all okay. all the there's movies a, then. There's a cool scene where Dom in this movie where Dom channels his inner Joker, and. Uh, <laughs> He go he goes to one of the the money drop locations and he's trying to get to uh, this guy Reyes the vil- the villain his name is uh his name is Reyes This is the most uh, triple and he, <laughs> this is the most gotta, triple X scene Nathan just said he's got to get a hold of Reyes and he's uh this guy is his name is Reyes Yeah anyway he's he's like the mayor or something I don't really know what he does He's the crime lord He's like of the crime the lord but he has like he's like a legitimate businessman uh, oh, and all criminals are, and he, you know, he talks about capitalism, Nathan. He, so then he, he anyway, <laughs> he um, capitalism. he gets his money, and then you know, Dom comes in, and he's like, "I'm gonna burn the money," and he's like, or he's like, "You know, what you're stealing from," and he's like, "I'm not here to steal it," and then he like sets the money on fire and walks out. Very, very stupid. But they're—it's part of their plan, Eric. Okay, it's part of their plan because their plan is they want to see Reyes consolidate all his money into one place. So they can steal it all at once. Right. Well, where does Reyes decide to consolidate his money in, Eric? Where do you think? First Interstate Bank. No, a police station. Yep. Oh, well, then. Uh, uh, it's how, the safest you place. Gotta, you got to rob a police station? They, so they're like losing their minds. Like, how are we going to rob a police station? And they're building it up like these police officers are and so they, with military so grade weaponry. They go into the police station and they look at the cameras and stuff. And then they, they, they make this course where they're like seeing if they can drive without the cameras catching them. And they're like, it's impossible. How do we do this? And they're like, we got to go in in cars that are invisible. Well, so they go in in police cars, of course, because it's, it's like obvious. Yeah, you just steal police cars and then and then take them in. So they they steal some police cars to do the heist, and then they pull off the the heist of the century. And then one the one thing that's cool about this movie is it it follows the traditional heist structure of um like the plan, 
the execution and then the reveal, the reveal yeah. where they reveal something that you didn't know about that they did. So in the in the movie, spoiler go. Yeah, get ready. I'm spoiling everything. In the movie, the, the one of the coolest parts of the movie there is the reveal where they they're dragging they're dragging this this uh this bank vault behind two cars yes. and it's just swinging. <laughs> it's, all it's all swinging all over the place and running into buildings and taking out other cars it's, and just it's like so dumb. just crazy shits happening. <laughs> anyway, they end up they end up driving it onto a bridge and then Hobbs is like, "Go, you know, go. I'll just I'll keep the money. You go." And then, and then he, Dominic's like, okay. And he drives away without the safe. And then Hobbs goes to open the safe and it's not the real safe. <gasps> no, they had switched the safe onto a garbage truck and then ch- changed it out for the fake safe during the chase. <laughs> oh yeah. It's good stuff. It's, it's there, classic. If you, classic can you rewind it and be stuff. like, oh, that's where they did it? Yeah. Cause, okay, you, nice. Cause there's a part where, where they drive by a garbage truck and the garbage truck goes, er, er, and then later when they show the reveal, you see, they show the inside of the garbage truck, and it's these two character, these two goofy uh, Spanish-speaking characters two, yeah. that are that, and they're like, er, er. <laughs> so those guys are super funny in this movie too. Uh, they're uh, Tego Calderon and Don Don Omar. They're so funny, and um, yeah, they then they they drive they drive away. They end up with the money. They get the money. They uh, they beat they beat Reyes, and they ride off into the sunset. Except for one thing, dude. During a mid credit scene, Hobbs is looking at some files, and there's a picture of Letty. And he's like, I gotta take this to Dom, you know, and that sets up the sequel. And we're now we're we're because Letty suppo- was thought to be dead, you know, right? And but now she's not dead; she's still alive. What are we gonna do? So, Fast Six, here we go. Is that the one where they uh, they escape Charlie's Theron on the ice? No, that's that's and then fa- Tyrese that's, yells, that's eight. "Bring the rain!" That's eight. That's eight. Okay, eight. That's that's six. Fast eight of the six is six is the one where they where they have. Um, I don't think I've seen six, or six is where they're going against. Uh, okay, so <laughs> I got to make sure I get this right because I'm gonna I'm gonna be mad if I don't. Six is the one where they're going against. Uh, the Fast and the Furious universe is very succinctly tied together. We need to make sure that we get this correct in chronological order because we hate to offend them. Well, this is also carefully written, but they also don't know. It's sometimes so, it's also it's so hot in this room. It is. It's about uh, 150. Anyway, the six, six, seven. Okay, so six is the one where they, where they, um, they have that bald actor. Why can't I remember his name Jason right now? This Statham. is this is why I was corpsing was to figure out Jason Statham's name. Yeah. Mark Strong. Uh, so, I didn't let you just sit there online though. You should, you actually kind of did because I mean you could have said Jason. Statham I did so it as earlier. soon as you said it. I'm just kidding. So Jason Statham has recruited Letty and is like doing jobs and they're trying. Hobbs recruits them to stop Shaw. While um, also, you know, they're going to try to recover Letty. Seven is the one where they like wrote uh, Brian out of the movie, you know, because because he died in real life. Um, very heartfelt. And um, they're they're um, in danger. You know, they're like trying to because Shaw's trying to get revenge because. Oh, wait, the, seven's one with Statham. Six is the one with the other Shaw. It's Statham's brother who they like killed or something. Right. And so then now in the seven, Statham's got to get revenge for his brother. And then eight is the one where Vin Diesel had a secret baby and yes. Charlie's Theron kidnapped it to blackmail him into betraying his family. And Han dies between six and seven? Yes. that That's the tre- credit stinger in six is, is uh, Jason Statham killing Han. So they retcon the scene where Han died in Tokyo Drift to make it so that Jason Statham's the one that makes sure that kills him. Yeah. So three takes place between six and seven. Correct. Uh, All right. So anyway. And two, you can really just skip, but it's kind of funny. Let me just sell these a little bit more. Five and six are directed by Justin Lin, who I think is a an excellent movie director. Um, he did something recently, right? He did Star Trek Beyond. Yeah. Um, so... Which I think is like, people don't like that movie, but I think it's fine. And then he's doing Fast and Furious 9 and 10. So he came back. And then James Wan did did 7. And James Wan did Aquaman and is, is a prolific director in his own right. 8 is F. Gary Gray, and that's why 8's not as good. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. I think this is like, what what the Fast and the Furious has become is like a like a showcase, uh, showcase series for action directors to come in do some cool set pieces, have a ton of money, have access to some really cool actors and some decent lore and just like go blow it out. And that's, that's what it is. And I mean, it is just like a little bit too stupid for me. And which is telling if I had to describe, okay, if I describe five, I would say this is a heist movie. It's a heist movie. If I had to describe eight, I would say it's mission impossible for bros. 
So Which that's already what Triple X was. It was so. like and also eight has like twice the budget of any of these other movies, and I don't know where the money went, except for there's a scene where the rock rides a torpedo. So maybe that's where it went. I don't know how much that costs to make. Those ice scenes just from the trailer, this had to be expensive. So I don't know. A lot of CGI, yeah. Kurt Russell's in, in seven and eight. Kurt Russell's pretty cool. Yeah. Well now I'm interested. He plays Mr. Nobody. Um the lady from the Game of Thrones, the the um Nathalie Emanuel's in in these. I don't know. They just got like, they have cool casting and they have they're fun movies. If you don't like them, uh, don't at me because I don't care about your opinion. They're real dumb fun. Like they, if you did, if you want to trash these, but you like Marvel movies, get out of here. Especially fa- five on. I, if you want to trash the first one and Too Fast Too Furious, that's fine. Those movies are not great. Uh, What's the one where they're driving through a mine? The first one, like, first one was on? fun. The first one is campy and stupid. It is, but, but it's what it is. They made that movie. That's for, a car culture movie. Too. They made that movie for people who think it's a good idea to put twenty five thousand dollars of work into a four thousand dollar car. Exactly. So that's that's the audience that they were targeting that movie at, and they that, did a great job. Yeah, it's that is a love letter to like early late nineties, early two thousand street racing culture. And then Too Fast Too Furious is just stupid. Um, it's it's a dumb movie. It's real dumb. The villain is really good. That's like one thing I will tell you about that is that uh, Cole Hauser it like kills it as the Argentinian drug lord villain when he like puts the rat on that guy's chest and like has it eat through his chest. That's pretty. I've never seen three, hardcore. four, six, or seven. Three's good, but like corny. Justin Lin also directed three. It's just it's just stupid. It's a stupid movie, but I enjoy it. And um, you never seen four. Four's fine. There's some cool car stuff in there. Justin Lin also directed that one. And then six, seven, I think are totally worth watching. Eight, take it or leave it. Um, I'm excited for nine. No rock. No the rock in number nine. They're moving away from the rock and they're replacing him with, you ready? Who's kind of the casting replacement for the rock? Dave Batista. John Cena. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Weird. I'm into it. Uh, I like potato salad. So <laughs> any anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, no, that's good. All right, for Eric Ronnebeck, for Kevin Garber, Kevin Garber, for the bucket of sweat that I have left on this table. We will see you next week. Go Hawks! Go Hawks.